They just set it up to Cohen. Looking for some blockers. Tariq Cohen. Now he's going to throw it backwards. Ball is dropped. Coming up to get it's Trubisky. Making moves. Still on his feet. This play is still going. Horstead's got it. Ball is loose on the ground. And it is going to be it. Ball game. The Bears made it interesting. But the Packers will hang on and win it here at Lambeau. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Go. Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. The Packers holding on and winning yesterday, coming down to the final play. Backwards pitches and heaves, and the Bears made it close, got all the way down inside the five, and maybe with just another pitch or two, would have had a chance to go for two points and try to tie and try to force overtime, but come up just short. The Packers essentially eliminating the Bears from playoff contention. It was the ultimate win uh, of both the Cowboys and the Vikings that eliminated the Bears. The Packers doing their part as well yesterday, winning 21-13. to We didn't get a chance to talk about this game a whole lot last week. We spent a lot of time on the Brewers. We talked about the Badgers a little bit as well and the Bucks. And with the Badger Roundtable show on Friday, we didn't get a whole lot of time to preview this game. I I liked the Packers big in this one. I I I don't know if I was confident, but if I would have had to make a prediction, I would have said Packers by a couple of scores. I I thought they were going to take care of the Bears and and put a rest to the Bears are back. And and the Bears have a shot. The Bears are hot. I I thought it was just all going to come to an end. And while the Packers didn't really blow them out, they were dominant for most of the game. Rodgers is now 19-5 and in his career against the Bears. The Packers are 42-15 and against the Bears since 1992. And this is the seventh time in 11 years that the Packers have swept the season series of the Chicago Bears. Throw everything else out. Throw the Packers looking bad against Washington out. Throw the Bears winning a couple games in a row, feeling themselves, throw that out. That's what it comes down to. I'm not going to say the Bears still suck. That's not what I'm saying, although maybe in essence that's what I'm saying. But I like the Packers to win. I I thought everything indicated that the Packers would win. History indicates the Packers would win. Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose at home in December. The Packers were going to win. They did win. It got a little bit dramatic at the end, but they ultimately finished the job 21-13. to This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host, and we're going to talk all hour long about this game. You can have a lot of different opinions on this game, right? In the last couple of weeks, I think I have played this awkward middleman. Well, the Packers won. It's great. They're 10-3, and three, now 11-3, and three, but they also didn't look good in, in, in this way and at this point in the game, and, and I felt like I've just been stuck in the middle. I haven't said that the Packers are amazing. I haven't said that they're bad. I've been kind of walking the tightrope and trying to see both sides of the argument. And, and I'm going to continue to do that today. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and then this whole idea of winning ugly. This idea that the Packers are winning ugly and that they're 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 a good team. They're not a great team, but they win. That's ultimately what it comes down to. The Packers clinched a playoff berth yesterday, are 11 and 3 and are in great position to try to snag one of those two first round buys to start the playoffs, something that Aaron Rodgers has only had twice in his career as a Packer and something that he hasn't had Since 2014, I almost had to laugh yesterday because this game was spookingly reminding of the Vikings game earlier this year. It was almost it was almost weird how similar it was to the Vikings game. Now, this game took a little bit longer looking at the box score. It's fascinating because 
each it, it alternated. The, the Bears were blanked in the first and the third quarter. The Packers were blanked in the second and the fourth quarter. So there was not a quarter of yesterday's game where both teams scored. The Packers scored seven in the first, the Bears three in the second, the Packers 14 in the third, and the Bears 10 in the fourth. So it ultimately ended up being pretty close, but a, but a very awkward back-and-forth game. Reminded me a lot of the Vikings game. In both instances, during the Vikings game, all the way back to Week 2. And in yesterday's game, at one point, I very clearly remember texting a friend or saying to a friend who is next to me, the route is on. And, and yesterday, when the Packers went up 21-3, to on the heels of that big Jake Kumaro play, I said, there it is. M- much like it, I did during the Vikings game. Lambeau's pumping. The Vikings, or in this case, the Bears, are feeling down. It's done. It's over. And the Packers went on to win both of those games. It just got much closer than I think most people thought it would by the time the fourth quarter finally ended and the game finally ended. The drive summary, and I mean blow by blow by blow, drive by drive by drive, is terrible for the Packers. It's terrible. So after the Packers went up 21-3, to let me describe to you how their next couple offensive possessions went. So they go up 21 to 3. Their defense forces a punt. Now the Packers have the ball up 21 to 3. This is what they do. They punt 6 plays, 13 yards. Their next possession, they punt 3 plays, 5 yards. Next possession, they punt 3 plays, negative 3 yards. Next possession, they punt 3 plays, negative 5 yards. They punt again before the game's over, 3 plays, minus 1 yard. Once the Packers went up 21 to 3, there was nothing doing on offense. Now, give the offense credit because they came out to start the second half in the third quarter with a burst and put two touchdowns on the board against a really tough Bears defense. But drive by drive by drive, it, it really shows how ineffective the Packers were on offense yesterday, how they were unwilling to at least sustain a five minute drive. They don't necessarily need to score. You're up 21 to 3. At that point, you're playing against the clock. Any type of sustained drive, sustained offense is going to do the trick. They couldn't even muster that up. Now, that being said, Packers defense looked pretty darn good yesterday, I thought. It looked like it did in week one and in week two. Before we had seen some of those worst performances in the middle of the year, when Derek Carr and the Raiders moved the ball on this team, and when Matt Moore moved the ball on this team, Matt Stafford and the Lions back on on that Monday night football game moved the ball on this Packers defense. It looked different yesterday. Maybe Mitch Trubisky had a bad day. Maybe Matt Nagy had a bad day calling plays. But but the result is the same. The Packers only surrendered 13 points. The Chicago offense yesterday didn't look like the Bears offense that we had seen during that winning streak. When they had kind of gained momentum and the fans had bought back in and it seemed like the Bears were maybe back and and ready to make a a run at this, this playoff picture in the NFC. It looked different yesterday. Yesterday's Bears team looked like The Bears team did earlier this year when they lost four games in a row. Or when they lost on opening night on that Thursday night to Green Bay in Soldier Field. It looked different. And I saw a lot of Bears fans, including one of my my close friends who who, who texted me uh, in a group chat yesterday and said, see, here Nagy goes again. It didn't take long. It didn't take long yesterday for Bears fans to say, see, this is the the crap that I don't want to put up with from Matt Nagy and from Mitchell Trubisky. The Packers defense did their job yesterday. Played really, really well. Only surrendered 13 points. Now, at the end of the game, they did give up 10 fourth-quarter points. And, and Mitch Trubisky, on some some drives near the end of the game, moved the ball. I, I would push back on, on, on being critical of the Packers' defense in that instance because they were out there 
the entire second half. I just told you that the, the drive summary, the Packers once going up 21 to nothing had the ball for a couple of minutes. That's all. And all of their drives took up such little time. Three minutes, one and a half minutes, 59 seconds, two minutes, one minute. The Packers offense wasn't taking any time off the clock. They weren't eating any of the game. The Packers defense was out there so much yesterday. The time of possession really lopsided. And I think by the end of the game, they were just tired. And luckily had enough, just enough gas to keep the Bears out of the end zone, just like they had just enough gas to keep Kyle Allen and the Panthers out of the end zone a couple weeks ago. I, I don't I don't know how to label yesterday's game. I don't know how to I don't know how to sum it up. I don't know if you want to call it winning ugly. It seems like the Packers in, in a couple ch- times this year had a blueprint where they jump out to a lead and then hold on, right? Because the defense is going to get gassed and it's going to be close at the end. But they always seem to calculate just exactly how many points they need to come out on top. 21-13 yesterday and the Bears coming very close on the on the hook and ladder play at the end to try to at least put themselves in a position to go for two and force overtime. Packers able to keep them out of the end zone. We're going to talk about just about everything in yesterday's game and this idea of winning Ugly. Because winning and ugly, they don't go together. They're contradictive. But yet that that's kind of become the identity of this Packers team. I don't know if I feel great about the Packers after, after, after yesterday. I don't know if I feel worse about the Packers. They're 11-3, and three and they're in place for a first-round bye with a rookie head coach. A year, a year removed from missing the playoffs in back-to-back years. I feel great about the Packers after yesterday. Now... This whole idea of winning ugly. And are they good enough to compete atop the NFC? Let's get into that. Let's talk about that. If you want to join me, 608-796-2558. Shoot me a text on the five-star telecom talking text line with your thoughts about yesterday's game. I'd love to get to them. I want to talk about winning ugly and exactly what that means. Coming up next, talking about a Packers 21-13 to divisional win over the Bears to clinch a playoff spot. To clinch a playoff spot. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports right here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am lucky enough to get to host this show every day, especially on days like today. The Packers winning 21-13, to clinching a playoff spot of their own yesterday while essentially helping to eliminate the Bears. The Bears needed a couple of things to happen, a couple other teams to win, like the Vikings uh, yesterday, and that ultimately knocks them out of the playoff hunt for good. But the Packers doing their part to eliminate a divisional foe who, look, the Bears went through bad stretches this year. They went through great stretches. That that defense is for real. Allen Robinson is for real. Anthony Miller is for real. I think David Montgomery is for real. I don't think Matt Nagy knows that. I don't think Matt Nagy thinks that. The way that he coaches and the way that they play. That Bears team is, is good. I, I've been saying this about the Lions, or I was saying this about the Lions, before everyone got hurt and everyone was traded away. They're a good team. They just can't win for whatever reason. I, I think pretty similarly about the Bears. They lost a lot of close games, including that Charger game, just because of their kicker. I think the Bears are a good team. They didn't win as many games as they should have. That doesn't mean they're not a good team with good players. And the Packers ultimately getting it done against a divisional foe yesterday at home to go to 11-3 and and clinch a playoff spot for the first time here in a few years. Now, when I sat down to watch the game yesterday, I, I, I something caught my ear, and I want to share that with you. I, I think perception had a huge effect on yesterday's game. 
I, I thought what we what we thought about the Packers going into this game affects how we talk about and look at the game after the fact. That might be a little bit confusing. I'm confusing myself. Let me explain. During the pregame, when I'm watching the the Fox, you know, NFL Sunday, Terry Howie, Michael, and Jimmy, and then when they ultimately brought on the broadcasters, I don't know if it was Kevin Burkhart and, and, and Charles Davis or whoever they had doing the game for Fox. Before the game, they're talking, well, this is what's going on with the Packers. This is what they're good at. This is what they're bad at. I'm writing all this down. So I'm like, I, I want I want to highlight what people were saying about the Packers going into this game. So I wrote it all down. Keep this in mind. When we hear this stuff, this impacts how we watch. This impacts how we how we interpret what we see. So so going in, I, I wrote a couple of things down. Jimmy Johnson, I thought, said something interesting in the pregame. You know, he picked the Packers to win. He said, I, I think the Packers are going to win, but I just can't get excited about them. I just can't get excited about the Packers right now. I thought that was interesting. Uh, in the pregame, the color commentator talking about how the Packers defense, ah, it's not that good. They can't stop the run. They rely only on turnovers and and hinted against good teams. And in the playoffs, you can't rely on turnovers. All right, that's interesting, too. I wrote that down. Essentially, this is what it boils down to. Everything I heard in the pregame, from the Fox studio crew to the crew that was in the booth to what Pam Oliver had to say, this is what it comes down to. People have become a little bit turned off by the Packers in the last couple of weeks, going back from San Fran to then New York to Washington. And the Packers are good, but they're not great. They're 11-3, and three, they're winning games, they're good, but are they as good as San Fran and New Orleans and Baltimore and Kansas City, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? That's what it boils down to. The Packers are good and not great. Well, let's address some of those, so those preconceptions, the things that were said and were talked about going into the game yesterday. We want to talk about the Packers' rushing defense, huh? Chicago only had 96 rushing yards yesterday. And, and that might seem like a pretty solid number, but you have to take into account the huge imbalance of the amount of plays that were run and the time of possession yesterday. We talked about in, in, in the first segment, right when the show started, said the Bears had the ball. It felt like the entire second half because the Packers' offense couldn't sustain drives. They kept going three and out. The time of possession yesterday, the difference was huge. The Bears had the ball for 34 minutes. The Packers, 25. Nine extra minutes the Bears had the ball to work with. Only 96 rushing yards. The number of plays, the Bears ran 83 plays to the Packers' 53. Only 96 rushing yards. Was there any stretch in yesterday's game? Any series or group of plays where that defense was on its heels from the running game? No, I don't think so. Against Washington, sure. Washington was bad. They're not a good team. And they were at least able to run the ball on the Packers a little bit. There were series where the Packers were on their heels defensively. Yesterday, not so much. Thought the Packers defense had a really, really good day. And this this notion, this preconception that was talked about going into the game that the Packers can't stop the run, I don't I, I didn't see that on the field yesterday. What about the idea that the Packers defense relies on turnovers? They need turnovers to win games. Well, they forced four punts yesterday. They forced two field goals. Chicago only went to the red zone three times and they scored a touchdown on one of those trips. By the way, that might be the biggest thing that we're glossing over from yesterday's game. The Bears only scored one touchdown. And it was astutely pointed out by Zach Cruz of Packers Wire on Twitter that in 2019, it took the Bears seven and a half quarters of football to get in the end zone. One touchdown the Bears scored in 2019 against the Packers. Only went to the red zone one time and only came away with one touchdown those three trips. Now, the Packers did, yes, force two interceptions. One was on a Hail Mary. That doesn't really count. And one was a great play by a defensive lineman just going up and getting the ball. Now, yeah, the Bears fumbled as well. That was on the final play of the game. I don't really count that. 
The Packers also had a couple of fourth down stands as well. There were there were a lot of instances yesterday where either the Packers or the Bears found themselves in that awkward that awkward middle ground yesterday around midfield where you can't really kick a field goal. Do you really want to punt it? Oh, screw it. Let's go for it. The Bears were 0-3 on third down. They went fourth three times. Didn't get it at all. Packers defense made some good plays yesterday. The idea that they need turnovers. They can only win if they get turnovers. I thought yesterday's game was a pretty good example of how this team can win without turnovers. Like I said, they did get one interception. They got the Dean Lowry interception. The other interception was on a Hail Mary. I don't count that. And the and the fumble was at the end of the game. It was on a hook and ladder play. That's that's just that's the kind of crap that ruins a fantasy game. That's all that is. That's that's the only reason why that would matter. So I don't know if the Packers necessarily needed turnovers yesterday. I don't know if that that preconception came true on the field. What was really interesting is the Packers scored 21 points yesterday. They scored 21, which I don't depending on your opinion, depending on your perception, that could be good, that could be bad, that could be just okay. But I want to compare it to week one when they played the Bears at Soldier Field. They scored 10. So if you compare week one to now, well, the Packers scored 11 more points than in week one. Right? Their defense had a couple of big stands, including a couple on fourth down. They did get an interception, but also forced a handful of punts and a couple of field goals when the Bears were close, when they were in the red zone. I thought by and large, outside of a really stale stretch at the end of the game by the Packers offense, it was a pretty good effort especially by that Packers defense, was just getting rolled in the pregame show. Now, that, that was the, the the notion going into the game. The Packers are good, not great. That's what it all comes down to. Well, their defense can win if they get turnovers. And well, they can't really stop the run, but they're good enough. And well, I like the Packers. They're going to win, but I, I can't really get excited about them. That's, that's what it comes down to, right? Is That's what everybody's saying. The Packers are good, but not great. I don't disagree. I I actually think that's a pretty good way to sum up how the Packers have played until this point. They've played good, not great. They've won a lot of games. They've won a lot of one-possession games where something has gone their way. Maybe they've gotten a good whistle or a good flag here and there. That happens. That didn't happen for the Packers last year. Happened for the Bears last year. Those kinds of things are cyclical, right? Next year, the Packers might get a Stroke of bad luck here and there. And the Bears might get a great stroke of luck. Probably not the Lions, though, because the Lions never get good luck. But you understand what I mean. The bounce of the ball. The whistle. A little bit of good luck. That that can change from year to year. And, and in that sense, that does feel like it's the Packers' year. They've played good enough to win, but I don't know if they have looked like a great team. Don't disagree with that. Here's the thing. The Packers don't have to be great to win playoff games. And those of you out there right now who are thinking, God, the Packers stink, they're frauds, they're not as good as we thought they were, and, and, and I have no faith in them. All right. I'm going to tell you, Packers don't have to be great to win playoff games. They just have to play great. They don't have to be a great team. They have to play like a great team. And I think this team can play great. Yesterday, the defense played great. I think they're a hot stretch away with defense and a hot stretch away with Aaron Rodgers from honestly being able to win playoff games and contend for a Super Bowl. I'm serious. I don't think that's me being a homer. I don't think that's me being unrealistic. You don't have to be a great team to win. You just have to play great. Every Wednesday during the baseball season, Seth Everett joins the Bill Michaels Show here 
on WKTY. And what does Seth Everett always say when postseason time starts rolling around? When you're in a pennant chase, what does he say? You don't have to be a good team. You just have to win. I love that. And I think football, because there's no seven-game series, and because there's a salary cap, and because it's any given Sunday, you don't have to be the better team. You have to play better on that given day. And the Packers have found a way to do that. And they could continue to find a way to do that. You don't have to be great. You just have to play great. And I want to talk more about that idea coming up next. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom uh, talk and text line. Toma Dan says, I blame it all on the coach. In the Carolina game, they had uh, the ball in the red zone with a little time before the first half and got nothing. Ended up stopping on the goal line to win, which is about the same situation as yesterday. Yeah, it was very similar. And they took a sack to knock them out of field goal range and allowed the Bears to get back in the game. A field goal would have put us up by 11. You just can't put teams away. Toma, Toma Dan, first of all, I agree with everything you said. I, I don't necessarily know if that all falls on the coach, but it, it certainly starts with coaching, right? The head coach is who gets the team ready to play and who installs the game plan and makes the decisions and all that. Players got to execute and, and the ball's got to bounce the right way and, and so on and so forth. I talked about this last week, Dan. That's the one thing that's bothered me about the Packers is they don't look like a team that can impose their will, especially on offense. Yesterday, when they're up 21-3, to they had a couple of chances with the ball to say, this game's done. We're going to go on a drive. We're going to take eight minutes off the clock. Whether we get a field goal or a touchdown, doesn't matter. We're going to put one more score on the board and end this thing. And they didn't. So I don't disagree with you, Dan, that, that there are times where Packers have had opportunities to end games and to run away with games, and they haven't. Now, luckily, they've still been able to win. And it all circles back to this idea that the Packers are, they're a good team, they're not a great team. I think that's true, and I still think the Packers can win in the playoffs. Because you don't have to be a great team, you just have to play like a great team. And I think that's very possible, and I'll tell you why coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. We're talking Packers, Bears, Packers going back to the playoffs, Bears not so much after the 21-13 final at Lambeau Field early yesterday afternoon. I had a couple friends uh, who were at the game. They were giving away free hot chocolate and free apple cider. Despite the nerve-wracking fourth quarter, it seemed like a pretty, uh, pretty awesome game to be at. I'm a little bit jealous. Still might have to try to get to a Packer game. Well, it's going to have to be in the playoffs now. Haven't gotten to a Packer game yet this year. Feeling like I'm missing out a little bit. Yesterday, the Packers getting it done. The Bears, well, they're going to be missing out on the postseason. We're talking about it. My name is Grant Bills. You can join me. Give me a call or a text. Uh, shoot me a text. Tell me what you thought about yesterday's game. Packers winning, going to 11-3, and but that fourth quarter, making you sweat a little bit. right? Missing out on opportunities to really salt that game away. Shoot me a text. Tell me what you think. 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talking text line. Twitter is always wide open as well at Keystroker Grant, and all of us, of course, at WKTY. Right now, I think the perception and I think the belief around this Packers team is that they are good. They're not great, right? They're better than the Bears and the Lions and the other middle of the, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the middle of the pack teams in the NFC. They're, they're better than those teams, but they are not as great as the Saints or the 49ers, even though both of those teams have now lost the Falcons. A little bit inexplicable. But I think the general belief is that the Packers aren't as good as the Saints, or the Niners, or the Seahawks, especially if you got to play them in Seattle, right? And I don't disagree with that. Right now, they're, they're a good team. They're not great. But you know what they are great at? They're great at winning. 
They're, they're finding a way to win games. And I'm not trying to be an over-the-top homer today. I'm not trying to be unrealistic. I'm not looking through green and gold glasses. I, I, I'm trying to put a spin on it, and I'm trying to take a stance that I haven't heard anybody else take. And, and that is just believing to believe for a couple different reasons. I, I listened to a podcast earlier this morning. They were talking about the Bears-Packers game. And, and, and one of the hosts, kind of jokingly, but there's always a little bit of truth in a joke, kind of jokingly made a remark, and it, and it stuck with me. I, I was thinking yesterday, yeah, the Packers might not be a great team, but they're great at winning, and that counts for something. They're 11-3. and three. And on this podcast I was listening to earlier this morning, somebody, one of the hosts joked that it's it's better to be good at being bad than being than bad at being good. That, that, that's very confusing, and it sounds really dumb. Let me, let me explain. Let me say this again. Better to be good at being bad than to be bad at being good. Talking about how the Packers are a bad team, but but they found a way to to be a bad team and, and to win. They're they're good at being bad, and that's better than being bad at being good. Does that make sense? It it's very convoluted, kind of sarcastic logic, but it makes sense. L- let me give you an example. Let's look at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have massively underachieved this year. Now they're they, they're going to make the playoffs because their division sucks. Their division is terrible. And the Eagles can't figure it out, and, and the Giants and Washington are both rebuilding. Now, the Cowboys, who are a lot of people's Super Bowl pick, they're 7-7 seven and seven because they beat the Rams last night on Sunday Night Football to get back to 500. The Cowboys, by most people's measure, are massively underachieving this year. So when we talk about the idea of the Packers, who are bad at being good, or, or excuse me, the Packers are good at being bad, they're good at winning ugly. I would argue that the Cowboys are the other side of that coin. The Cowboys are bad at being good. Let me explain. If you look at total offensive statistics from 2019, every NFL team and how they stack up in yards per game. Let's just pick one stat, yards per game. You know who the best team in the league is? It's the Cowboys. Nobody averages more yards per game, more total yards at this point in the season than the Dallas Cowboys. And they're 7-7. and And they've lost to some terrible teams. They got ran out of their own building by the Packers until they decided to, to quit and, and give the Cowboys a couple garbage time touchdowns. They got killed by the Jets. They lost badly to the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. That was embarrassing. The Cowboys, they averaged 434 yards of offense a game. They're the only team with 6,000 yards or more of total offense this year. Number one in the league. If you look at defense, let's continue to look at the Cowboys. We'll use the same example. They're seventh in total defense in yards per game allowed. Number one in offense, seven in defense. That's really, really good. And they're seven and seven. I'm going to argue that the Cowboys are bad at being good. They got all the right players. They're doing the right things. But they're bad at being a good team. They're bad at winning. The Packers, not nearly as good. Defensively, they're actually near the bottom. They're only better in yards per game than Jacksonville, the Giants, the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Texans, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Cardinals. They're down near the bottom. Going back to offense, the Packers are middle of the pack. They're about halfway, a little bit below halfway. In fact, they're next to the Bills and the Cardinals and the Bengals. Not good teams. Cowboys are at the top. The Cowboys are bad at being good. The Packers, other way around. They're good at being bad. Because the Packers, despite not having nearly as good numbers on offense or on defense as a team like the Cowboys... They've won five more games than the Cowboys. Four more games than the Cowboys. 
I don't think the Packers are a great team. I do, however, think they can be great for a stretch. I think they can play great. And if the Packers get a first-round bye, you only need to win one game to get to the championship game. And if you win that game, you're in the freaking Super Bowl. It's not like you need to have three months sustained success. That's not necessary. You need to get in, and the Packers have more than taken care of that. They're 11-3. and Get in, get a bye, win a game or two, and you're right there. I think this Packers team can win a Super Bowl. If Aaron Rodgers gets hot and this defense gets hot, and I think both of those things are very, very capable of happening. Packers defense is great yesterday, despite how long they were on the field. They forced punts. They, for, they forced turnovers on downs on three occasions. They, they forced stops in the red zone. The very few times that the Bears got to the red zone, which is only three, they only scored one touchdown. Packers surrendered one touchdown to the Bears all season, and it took seven and a half quarters. I think that defense is capable of getting hot for a couple of game stretch. Aaron Rodgers can absolutely get hot for a stretch. Yeah, sure, the wide receivers aren't going to get more talented and explosive. Special teams probably aren't going to improve that much. And then the linebackers, they don't have a lot of great linebackers. None of that is changing. But that defense can get hot. And Aaron Rodgers can get hot. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been great. I'm not saying he's average. I'm not saying he's no longer good. Some people are. I won't go there. But Aaron Rodgers hasn't been great. Yesterday... I don't know if you've looked at the statistics. His completion percentage yesterday was 48%. He hasn't been that great since the Raiders game. Now, the Raiders game, to put it in perspective, completion percentage of 80%. 429 total yards. Now, since then, he's had completion percentages of 69. He was pretty good in Kansas City. 65 in Los Angeles. 58 at home against the Panthers. Now, that was in the snow and against a good defense, but still not great. He was only 60% against the Niners in that embarrassing Sunday night loss. Just over 60% in both the Washington and the New York games. And then yesterday, barely getting over 200 yards. 203 yards on 33 attempts. He hasn't been great. The only real great game he has had recently, and this is no longer recent, it's been a while, was the Raiders game. Where he was 80% completion. 430 yards, 25 of 31. He was great. Now, the turnovers aren't there. He's not throwing interceptions. He's not fumbling the ball, although he got close yesterday. But he's not the elite player. He's not playing like the elite player that we used to see. Now, luckily for the Packers, if they want to win a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be an MVP. He doesn't have to be elite for the entire season. He just has to have a good stretch. And that's going to start if not next week in Minnesota, in week 17, and then carry into the playoffs. Here's the biggest takeaway from today's Wisco Sports Show. If you take away one take, one sentence, one idea, this is what you should take away. Here it is. If the Packers can get 50 days of 2016 Aaron Rodgers, they can win a Super Bowl. If the Packers can get 50 days, four games, realistically, of MVP Aaron Rodgers, they can win a Super Bowl. That's it. That's that's the take. That's that that's it. If they can get 50 days of MVP Aaron Rodgers, they can win a Super Bowl. Because remember, coming into this season, nobody was saying they need a top 5 defense and they need they need top 5 wide receivers and they need a top 5 running game and they need a top 5 offensive line. Nobody was saying that. Take take yourself all the way back to before free agency started, before the draft. What was everyone saying? You just need to give Aaron Rodgers a chance. 
Just get him a top 15 defense that can force some turnovers and come up with stops when it's necessary. And they did that yesterday. Just just get him special teams that's not terrible. And with Tyler Irvin now, they've seemed to at least kind of handle that. Just get him a pretty good defense, pretty good special teams. Just get him a good running game and good enough weapons and just give him a chance. Brian Gutekinds has done that. Yeah, the defense might not be top five. And the wide receivers might not be amazing, but Brian Gutekunst has done what we have been asking of the Packers front office for five years, and that is to give Aaron Rodgers a chance. This team gives Aaron Rodgers a chance. If Aaron Rodgers can play at an MVP level like he did in 2011, like he did in 2010, like he did in 2014, most recently like he did down the stretch when they ran the table in 2016, if he can play like that for a month, this Packers team can win a Super Bowl. Forget what happened yesterday. Forget what happened in Washington or L.A. or San Francisco. Forget it all and start next week with Minnesota. If they can get 50 days of MVP Aaron Rodgers, this team can win a Super Bowl. Now, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been that. He hasn't been an MVP. He hasn't played elite, hasn't put up elite numbers. I saw some things that were really concerning yesterday. Aside from a moment or two of bad body language, or one instance of holding on to the ball too long, or giving up on a play and throwing it at the feet of a wide receiver. Those things happen, and they have happened for years, and the Packers have won despite them. I saw a couple other things yesterday where I said, what the hell? I know Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age, but what? A couple instances of this yesterday. I want to share, and I, I got to tell you, that if the Packers do want to win a Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers is going to play at an MVP level, which will be required for the Packers to win a Super Bowl, He needs to do a couple things differently, specifically a couple things I saw yesterday. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, talk about that coming up next. This is, of course, presented by Played Against Sports. You're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers and something interesting when Ebo is bringing us that Wisconsin Sports Zone update. I don't know if you caught it. You notice in Aaron Rodgers' press conference, he's talking about, well, if we win next week, that guarantees us a home playoff game, at least the third seed, and and that's important. You find it interesting how affixed he is on that, how in the know he is, and how he's talking about it. He realizes how important it is. He never gets home playoff games. It's been four years. He hasn't had a first-round bye in five years since 2014. Aaron Rodgers knows the importance, right? The fact that they're 11-3 and and chasing a first-round bye is so, so crucial to their hopes of being successful in the playoffs. 608-796-2558. I see Scott Stack just spamming me with angry messages. I'm being too positive for his liking today, I'm sure. Uh, He said the problem with Packers uh, is McCarthy is terrible at time management, unnecessarily calling timeouts, running the play clock to zero. Oh, wait, McCarthy is gone. Hmm, who's left that could be the issue? Yeah, okay. Well, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Scott. You're getting your wish. I'm not going to say that he is... The issue, he had some issues yesterday. When I say Aaron Rodgers isn't great or hasn't been great or hasn't been elite, I want to put a couple caveats on it after yesterday's game. First of all, the Bears defense is tremendous. And I think in the midst of their four-game losing streak and Mitch Trubisky being terrible and Matt Nagy taking some fire for some things that he said in press conferences and overall just some bad coaching decisions, I I think we, we stopped appreciating that team a little bit. Bears defense is really, really good. And I think that's part and parcel why when Aaron Rodgers was just okay in week one and the Packers won, we're all okay with it, versus yesterday, 
well, that's some of that shine has wore off the Bears. That's still the same defense. Now, they were, they were without Danny Trevathan. That, that was about it. That was a really good defense. Also, if Marquez Valdez-Scantling just hauls in a perfect deep ball from Rodgers, Rodgers ends up with 278 yards and two touchdowns. So when I say Rodgers wasn't elite, wasn't great yesterday, it's just a couple instances, a couple plays that can really switch that. So keep that in mind. Bears defense is great. Could have had another touchdown and 75 more yards. Look, if the Packers can win every week and he throws for 220 yards, I I don't care. And Aaron Rodgers somehow, I don't know if if he had this prepared before his press conference when he said, and I wouldn't mind winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know if he came up with that on the spot. It's kind of how I feel now, too. Because ultimately, the Packers are 7-3. and three. They've only lost one at, one game at home. They're 7-1 and one at Lambeau Field, which I, I think it's becoming a difficult place to play once again. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't necessarily have to be great for the Packers to win. He hasn't had to be an MVP, which in years past, he absolutely has had to be that good if they just wanted a shot at winning and competing for the division. I've said all year, all the way back to, to week one, I remember this conversation after that Bears game. There is more to Rodgers at this point in his career than statistics. And if you don't watch the game and you don't pay attention to every play and the flow of the game and how it's managed and how it's handled, you miss out on some of those things. And, and all year long, I've argued that, yeah, okay, Rodgers threw for 215 yards, but he was a difference maker in this game when he made this play on third down that no other quarterback could make. Or he did this with his legs. Or, or he caught the defense in this coverage and audible to run this play. It's those types of plays that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet but can really affect the game. In week one... Neither Trubisky or Rodgers was good. But the difference was Aaron Rodgers was able to make two big throws. Neither of them were touchdown throws. The one was to Trevor Davis, who's not even on the team, to flip field position. That, that doesn't show up on the box score. That That's 30 yards, but that 30 yards means so much more than 30 yards. There's more to Aaron Rodgers than statistics. Sometimes, mentally, situationally, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback I would want. Yesterday, that wasn't the case. Yesterday, there were a couple, there were a couple instances, a couple plays where situational awareness was paramount and you couldn't make a mistake and they and he did at the end of the half for starters you absolutely cannot take a sack you need to know that the Packers ran two small plays on first and second down to just chip away four or five yards to make it a little bit more comfortable of a field goal and at this point the idea was all right Rodgers run one more play throw it to the sideline figure something out and we'll try the field goal well Rodgers took a sack And he was overwhelmed pretty quickly, and it was one of the few good pressures that was allowed by that Packers offensive line yesterday. But nonetheless, Rodgers can't take that sack, and he did. And it it, it cost the the Packers three points, or an opportunity at three points. There was a play after the Dean Lowry interception, when the Packers got the ball in Bears territory, essentially in field goal range. And they ran, once again, a play on first down and second down to scoot them a little bit closer, knowing that as long as we don't go backwards, we're fine. Crosby's been great. Right? All year. And he's great in the cold. He's great at Lambeau. Just don't make a mistake. We'll be fine. And Rodgers takes another sack. Situationally, mentally, things you can absolutely not do in close games against good teams with elite quarterbacks and well-coached teams. I don't think the Bears are elite. Mitch Trubisky's not elite. And I don't think Matt Nagy is elite, at least at a a game manager role. I think he's a very creative offensive mind, and, and he's helped that offense quite a bit mentally going at it with another coach, I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there. Kyle Shanahan will be. Mike Zimmer will be. Pete Carroll certainly will be. Sean Payton will be. And those are the teams that the Packers are eventually going to have to beat. And I tell you what, 
in Minneapolis next weekend at U.S. Bank Stadium, Aaron Rodgers can't be taking third down sacks on the edge of field goal range. He can't be taking sacks at the end of the half when they're in field goal range or following interception when they're in field goal range. You can't do that. That can't happen. Not against good teams. Not on the road. Not in, against good quality coaches. Because you'll get beat. You can't be getting cute in Minnesota next week. Can't be getting cute. Aaron Rodgers tried to get cute a couple of times yesterday. Yesterday, his stats weren't there. 200 yards, one touchdown, only 16 completions out of 33. That's less than 50%. That's less than 50%. I Yesterday, he wasn't there situationally or mentally either. He didn't really have a whole lot going for him yesterday. Made a good throw to Kumaro. Made a great throw to Valdez Scantling, which wasn't hauled in. Made a good audible and a brilliant throw on fourth down to Devontae Adams, which was a, was a great call at the line of scrimmage. But other than that, it was rather pedestrian. That doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers is pedestrian. Doesn't mean he's not elite. Doesn't mean he's not great. But at some point, if the Packers want to accomplish their postseason goals, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play like an MVP because that's how this team was designed, right? Nobody in the offseason was saying the Packers need a, a top five defense to win a Super Bowl. They need a top five wide receiving core, top five offensive line. No, 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 no. Go back and think about it. The message was just give Aaron Rodgers a chance. Just give him a chance. Give him a pretty good defense. Give him pretty good wide receivers, a pretty good offensive line. I think Brian Gutekind's delivered on all that. And now in the next two weeks in Minnesota and in Detroit and to start the playoffs, it's up to Aaron Rodgers to hold up his end of the bargain. He got a good enough defense. He got a good enough wide receiving core, and he needs to get hot. And he needs to play like an MVP. And I said the biggest takeaway of the show, the biggest statement, if you take anything away from the show today, is if the Packers can get a month, they can get 50 days of MVP football from Aaron Rodgers, they can win a Super Bowl. I don't care that they barely beat Washington. Don't care that it took them a couple of quarters to pull away from New York. I don't care. If this team can get 40 or 50 days of MVP football from Aaron Rodgers, they can win a Super Bowl. They can. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Brewers adding a couple of pieces to their team as well. We'll cover it. And we're going to be joined later on in the week by Radio Joe Zenzola. He's going to be at the Rose Bowl. He's going out west. Lucky him to cover the Rose Bowl. We're going to check in with him later this week as well. A lot of good stuff to come. Same time, same place, every night, right here. Talk to you next. uh, Talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 